everybody, hope you're doing well today. Thanks for tuning into this episode. Today we're going to dive into a interesting topic where there appears to be contradictions in scriptures. Does God test, tempt? Let's dive in. All right, all right. Well, so excited to have you with us today. Um, I am back in the saddle recording a podcast. I think the last one I put out was like mid-May, maybe early May, Um, and so it's good to be back. The reason for that, though, um, has been due to a a class I'm teaching on the book of Genesis. It's called Genesis Unveiling the Story, and uh, we are on session, we have completed session four of six, and it is on track to be a 12-hour course, so it is dense, it is full of content, and that has been consuming my time. And so I do apologize for my absence, uh, but I do hope to make that available uh, to you at some point. Um, I don't know how or when, <laughs> so um, that's a bummer. I apologize, but uh, I, I am working on it. We are recording all of the audio, and I'm working on taking that audio and and making a a video version of it where it would be audio, but then all the PowerPoints and stuff like that that you obviously can't see on video uh, on audio. I'm gonna try to put those in a video, so um, we'll see what happens with that. Um, but I want you to know about that, and so super excited about it. It's been really good. The first four sessions have been amazing. I've been enjoying it, um, and so anyway, that's why I've kind of been away, but I'm looking forward to, to being back and uh, putting more of these out, but with that being said, I've got two pretty uh, cool things to tell you about, and I'm going to talk about them for the next several episodes. Um, one is we now have an email, um, and so I would love to invite you to reach out um, and discuss episodes with with me um, as maybe you have questions or maybe you have ideas or um, whatever it may be, I want to encourage you to reach out. Previously, we have not really ever had a way of, of connecting because um, I, I don't have really a social media or any of that for this. This is kind of just low key at the moment, uh, but I have decided to go and create uh, an email account so we can be in touch. Um, and I'm also working on several different things behind the scenes, doing a lot of experiments, exploring some different potential opportunities. And, um, I'm aiming towards developing something where we can, we can be a little bit more connected than just on the podcast, um, for those who want that. But the email is unveilingpodcast at gmail.com unveilingpodcast at gmail.com. I would love for you to reach out to me there with questions, things you would like clarity to, maybe episodes you want to hear me uh, maybe digest or talk through, whatever that may look like. This is your way uh, of getting in touch with me and our way of staying connected. So feel free to utilize that. Uh, Secondly, this is something I hesitate to talk about because I'm I'm in the um, exploring stage. I'm not sure exactly how it's going to work or if I'll be able to get it to work. It's something I'd really like to do, and I want to throw the um, the lure out there to see if any of you would be interested. What I would really like to do 
is when I record these podcasts is actually start opening up um, a Zoom, a live Zoom call and invite you to be a part of that. And then I'll record that Zoom call and make that the podcast. So I'll have this moment of the Zoom call where I just talk about what I'm going to talk about. But then what's really neat about the Zoom call is after I've talked about the content, uh, we can, can can carry on the conversation. And uh, you can type you know your questions in the chat box or whatever. Uh, also, you can meet other people who are walking the same journey. And it leads to community. And there's just a whole host of advantages to pulling that off if we can. And so if you would be interested in something like that, if you'd be interested in um, joining a Zoom call and um, recording these podcasts in that setting, I'd love to invite you to just email me to that email, unveilingpodcast at gmail.com. And in your email, just note that you'd be interested in joining the Zoom call as we record future podcast episodes. If I get enough people that are interested in that, um, I'm looking for at least um, at least eight people. If we can get seven to eight people um, that would be interested in that, it's something I'm going to put energy into moving forward with. If we can get more than that, it would be great because I know um, not all seven or eight could make every Zoom call. And so I would like to have seven or eight people on each Zoom call. So if we could get you know, 14 or 15 people interested in that, it may be something I put money and energy into making happen. Um, but I'm looking for ways to increase connectivity, increase engagement, um, and really go further with diving into God's word than uh, me sitting behind a microphone for 20 or 30 minutes. So uh, anyway, that's some updates for you. Um, they're exciting to me. Um, I'd love to hear from you. Uh, so shoot me an email. But let's dive into today's episode. Um, we're going to talk a bit about something I find super interesting. And I think it's important to talk about because there are people out there, skeptics, and those who don't believe the Bible and, um, you know, they're angry at God for whatever reason. And they look for these ways to rebuttal the authenticity and accuracy of the Word of God. And we're going to look at one of those ways today. And one of those, um, the solution that I believe is the solution to this seeming contradiction. And that's this idea, does God test and God, does he tempt? The contradiction, we're going to look at uh, 1 Genesis 22 and um, right out of the gate. Genesis 22.1 says, After these things, God tested Abraham. Okay, so this chapter goes into the story where he's uh, testing Abraham um, and the laying down of his son Isaac on the altar. If you're not familiar with that story, go check it out. It's, it's, it's quite fascinating. So here we have in Genesis 22 this image of seeing God test. In Matthew 4 we also see, um, what does the scripture say? That the uh, spirit led Jesus into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. For 40 days and 40 nights, he was hungry. In verse three, it says, the tempter came to him 
and said. Okay, now that's going to be key for what we talk about. Okay, remember that. In uh, Matthew 4, verse 3, the tempter came to him. The Spirit led Jesus into the wilderness to be tempted, but the tempter came to him. But the contradiction over here, overwhelmingly, we find is uh, in James. Okay, um, it says this. So uh, let no man say when he is tempted that I am tempted by God. For God cannot be tempted with evil, neither does he tempt anyone, right? Um, and so this is a quite an alarming situation here because we have in James where it says God doesn't tempt at all. And, and we know he can't be tempted, but here he is saying God doesn't tempt. But we have two other verses that seem to contradict the character of God in that way. What is that all about? And I believe this is so important because there's many people that, one, um, those who may be new to faith may be seriously asking, like, how can this be? I'm trying to understand and know who God is and trust Him, and I see this contradiction. It doesn't make sense. And then those who just want a reason not to believe the Bible will look at this and and say, look, your Bible doesn't make sense. You got one God in the Old Testament and another in the New Testament. And if anything else, the book of James needs to be thrown out because he's obviously saying God can't tempt, and there's a lot of other places in the Bible that disagree with that. And so it's, it's something that I think needs to be addressed and talked about. The book of James is an incredible book. You don't want to throw the book of James out. <laughs> um, but... The entire Word of God is true, it's accurate, there's nothing wrong with it, there's no errors. I often will stop myself when I think there's a contradiction, and or there's just something that doesn't make sense or puzzles me, and I'll immediately tell myself, it's a user error. In other words, the error is not in the Word, it's in me. I'm missing some information. I'm missing some knowledge. I'm missing some understanding. And this is why we see over and over and over again, especially in Proverbs, where the author's pleading with the reader to seek knowledge and understanding. So, yeah. Anyway, I won't belabor that anymore. Let's move on. What is this about? Why is this important? So, I believe this. And I could be, I'm just going to throw this out there. It's my belief. And I could be completely wrong about this. I could be um, open to that. I think it's important for me to say that. Because I need you to go back and study the Bible for yourself. And cultivate a relationship with the Holy Spirit. Let Him speak to you. And uh, mind you, I will say this. If the Holy Spirit's speaking to you, He's going to speak to you in a way that does not contradict His Word. So there's a lot of people that will say, I heard God speak to me this, that, and the other thing, and it's just to do what they want, live how they want, believe what they deem easiest to believe. But it contradicts Scripture. The Holy Spirit will never contradict the word of God. So 
With that being said, you need to go read the Bible for yourself and cultivate that relationship with the Holy Spirit. So here's what I believe. There's a, there's a difference between tempting and testing. F- for our language today, we're going to use those two words, tempting and testing, and they're going to be two different things. In Scripture, sometimes they can be used interchangeably to mean the same thing, but for our purposes today, I want to draw a clear distinction between the two. God will test, but God will not tempt. God will test, I believe, but he will not tempt. So where's the line? What's the distinction between the two? First, testing. Let's talk about that. Testing is a word that means the revealing of something's quality or character. And by character, don't think of morals necessarily that could apply, but think more... um, Think more in terms of characteristics than character. So quality and characteristics, and then like the quality of characteristics. So for example, um, God will test one's faith. Does To what degree does one fear the Lord? Uh, if you look at the end of chapter 22, Genesis, the story of Abraham, where Abraham's tested by God, the messenger at the end of the story basically communicates to the reader that the point of the test was to see to what degree Abraham feared the Lord. How do we measure the fear of the Lord? Obedience. And so testing reveals character, quality of characteristics. Think of it as gold, how a goldsmith tests gold. He melts it down, lets it reshape, and the, the test is, can I see my face when I look at the gold? That's kind of the quality test that goldsmith measure gold by. When all the impurities are out of the gold, can I see my face reflected in the gold? Or think of... Um, testing a chair before a chair and different pieces of furniture are allowed to be sent out to the public they have to undergo testing to make sure they can um, perform their purpose in life and that'll speak it's a testing that ensures we can perform and carry out our purpose in life our purpose in life is to be with Jesus, become like Jesus, releasing heaven on the earth, right? Being God's representatives, ambassadors on the earth requires obedience, requires the fear of the Lord in our life. These furniture pieces will undergo stress tests to make sure that they can hold amount uh, appropriate amount of weight. This is the kind of testing that God will often put us through. 
And I want to put a pin in that and talk for a moment about tempting. I look at tempting this way. The enticing or the dangling of a lure over a trap that will harm somebody. So it's always it always has to do with morals, ethics, but particularly the lure to sin. I don't when I look throughout scripture, I don't I don't see God luring someone into sin for the sake of seeing them suffer at the fruit of sin. So it's almost like tempting is like a trap where, um, um, okay, so you have, imagine on the ground you have a hole that you've covered up with some leaves, right? As soon as something steps on those leaves, they fall into the hole. Well, above the leaves you put some sort of food or something appealing and you're trying to trap the animal in that hole and they fall in that hole they break a leg they die in that hole they were being lured by something to me um, when James talks about God not tempting this is what he's referring to he's referring to lustful desires that are dangled in front of somebody okay he actually goes on in verse uh, this is James 1 13 through 15 if you want to look it up He goes on to say in verse 14, a man's tempted to do wrong when he lets himself be led um, by what his bad thoughts tell him to do. Um, When he does what his bad thoughts tell him to do, he sins. Um, That's a a new life version. It's a really weird translation. But um, most translations will read it like this. A a man is tempted to do wrong. Um, by his own selfish desires, by his own fleshly desires, by his own lustful desires. You can kind of get the picture here. God doesn't tempt like tempt our lust. He doesn't tempt our flesh, our desires. Oftentimes, when God is testing you, it's different from tempting because tempting is the temptation to do something you want that you shouldn't. Whereas when God tests you, it's often to do something you don't want to do. In other words, being faithful, sacrificing something, being selfless. It, it requires you to actually die to yourself. So when God tests you and says, hey, um, give the last bit of your money to that person so that they can buy groceries, that's a t- that would be a test because you don't there's nothing desirable lustful about something like that but he's testing to see your obedience and it has nothing to do with sinning when we look back in Matthew 4 we can see the type of test that Jesus went under okay this is very a very interesting story because we have God who's not going to tempt someone right in this area of sin but Jesus needed to undergo the stress test as Messiah, right? So we see that in verse 3, that Holy Spirit led him into the wilderness, but the tempter did the tempting. The devil fulfilled his role as tempter. God didn't tempt, but um, there was this sense of Jesus has to pass this stress test, if you will. So in verse 3, 
the author actually makes very clear, uh, God didn't tempt here. The tempter came to him <laughs> and then began to tempt him in these areas. One um, is to turn stone into bread. It's All of these are like, they're identity things. If you are the son of God, since you are the son of God, tell these stones to become bread. You've just fasted 40 days and 40 nights. You're hungry. You can do that. It's an identity thing. Jesus has to pass the test. Your rebuttals with scripture, if you know the story, then um, the tempter takes him to this holy city, city and, and has him stand on the highest point of the temple and says, if you're the son of God, throw yourself down because there's a prophecy in the Psalms that says he'll command his angels concerning you. And then Jesus' answer is profound. He says, don't put the Lord your God to the test. Okay, so we have this tempting and testing. So the devil is not tempting God in this moment. He's testing God in this moment. What does that mean? When, when God says, do not put the Lord your God to the test, what are we doing? We're testing his faithfulness. That's what God means when he says that. Don't test my faithfulness. Don't, don't put me to the test. Um, have faith right? I am who I am. I am who I say I am. Don't take my word and say, um, fulfill this or you're not God. That's a test. And that's exactly what the enemy is doing here. He's saying, hey, fulfill this prophecy in Psalm if you really are God. And Jesus is saying, don't put the Lord your God to the test. So you can see the difference here, the distinction between when God will test and when God will not tempt. Now, it's important that we know these two distinctions because in our Bible, it may not, it may use those words interchangeably, test and tempt. And so when you read God tempted or read God tested or whatever, don't look at the word so much, but look at, at the actual test. Look at the actual um, lure, if you will. There's only gonna be one of two things. I hit on it uh, briefly earlier. Uh, one, it's going to be a kind of test that calls you to obey, fear the Lord, and it's usually to do something you don't want to do, right? It goes against the desires of your flesh for the sake of obedience and trusting God. Or it's something that you're tempted because your flesh wants it or wants to do it, right? So you have lust being the root of it. And that's what James says. Temptations um, are the root of lust, your selfish fleshly desires. So God is not going to tempt you in a way. God, Okay, God is not going to put um, pornography in front of you right? Like he's not going to dangle that in front of you to see if you come to pornography or not. What he will do is call you to lay your life down and test you in, hey, give your money here. Help this person there. Are you going to gossip when you have the chance to? Hey, that person cuts you off. Are you going to flick them off or are you going to bless them? You know, you have these ways where you will be, you will come to this crossroads of where you can crucify your flesh or gratify your flesh, right? 
And when God tests, he's testing to see to what degree you fear the Lord, what degree of awe and reverence you have towards him, what degree of obedience you have towards him, what degree do you want to be like him? This is the way God will test. The temptings of life do not come from God. And I hope I've made the distinction really clear. I feel like I've kind of talked forever here. But I would love for you to go back and um, read Genesis 22 for yourself. This is a test from God. Genesis 2, 22 is a test from God to Abraham. Look at the nature of the test. Okay? In James 1, 13 through 15, specifically verses 14 and 15, read what kind of test James is saying God does not conduct and compare that to Genesis 22. You'll notice in Genesis 22, there's nothing of Abraham's own lust or selfish desires on the table here. So Genesis 22 and James 1 are two completely different topics. So addressing your friend that believes there's a contradiction in scripture, this is how we would do that. What James is talking about in James 1 is not at all what we see in Genesis 22 or Matthew 4. They're completely different. Completely different testing and tempting are completely different and they have completely different motives, completely different agendas, and they have completely different characteristics all the way around. And so it's very important to understand the distinction between those two so you can recognize in your own life when you're being tested. You know when you're being tested and when when you're being tempted. You're being tested to do good, to obey. You're being tempted to to do evil and to gratify the lustful flesh that we're called to crucify. So I hope that's been helpful for you. I hope that um, this has maybe been somewhat insightful uh, and that you've maybe seen something you haven't seen before. I would love to hear your feedback. Again, use that email we talked about earlier in the episode, unveilingpodcast at gmail.com. And I'd love to hear from you. Thanks so much for tuning in. Until next time. God bless you.